Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Leah. Okay. And as we've learned from our podcasting experience, we're not going to bring that up. <laughs> so, we're it's a bright and sunny Saturday. Wow. There's okay. my brain. It's a bright and sunny Sunday as we are recording this. Well, it's How are dark. You doing it's really dark outside, but it's okay. Yeah, that's... Wait, that's how time zones work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm back to the... My answer will continually be the same until the next year and a half from now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just... So, the really quick... I know it's so stupid to talk about, but the weather finally starting to level out. We've been going, like, up and down, back and forth, right and left, where, like, literally it snowed earlier this week, and now it's back up to 70. Oh, yeah, so, I forgot like, it snowed. I, I, I saw all the pictures. My friend sent me this beautiful photo from Montreal. Oh, that's of, great. I was uh, so mad when I woke tree. up that morning. <laughs> no, she was... Not everybody was happy, but she sent me a beautiful photo of an entirely in blue magnolia tree with snow behind it. <sighs> I just I my thing is all I all my experience with it was waking up in the morning to go to work, open the garage and literally seeing it snowing. And I was like, I'm done. Good night. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. I'm going. I'm just staying home today. I didn't. But anyways, so today we Leah, we got a fun topic. This is like very topical for me as it literally, it was like something that happened to be out in the wild i was like i want to talk about this on the podcast yeah that's what this is for yeah yeah it's just like it's like and it's, it's one of those things where it's i don't know if it's gonna be more venti and less ranty or is it gonna be like just me talking through it because it's a very interesting thing that i've stumbled myself upon so as of recent, I have been um, continuing my deep descent down into the world of anime. Um, this current weekend, I spent um, a good, let's say, 12 hours marathoning a show with a friend. Um, so, yeah, I've been, like, digging deep into it. But He's he's a weeb through and through, people. I'm, I think not even just weeb. I think I'm mostly just anime nerds. Like, I don't think it like expands out as bad as weebism gets but i know 400 percent sure i am an anime like hardcore animator someday we're gonna have to discuss the like the <laughs> definition the, of the weeb. planar definition that goes from like weeb to otaku to like all of those and put them on a plane and determine like what are the things that contribute to both and figure out what that means it'll be exciting for everyone you don't sound excited. I mean, mostly me, honestly. But um, so in my deep dive, I've once again, I've stumbled on negative portrayal and characterization of a black character. And I wanted to kind of see other people's opinions on the um, situation. So like what happened is I started watching, well, started reading the manga Promised Neverland. And in it, there is a character named Sister Crone who is drawn very much in the mammy the um like aunt jemima the like minstrel show minstrel show black stereotype big lips big like she's a big tough like bigger woman like looks very much like aunt jemima with more of an afro from the photo you said i think it's also important to point out that doesn't isn't overtly sexualized as some stereotypes are of black women instead she's the opposite and where unlike most, well, most women in anime, she is completely devoid of sexualization. Yeah, well, even further than that, she is a 
female character, but they took away everything that makes her feminine. The, so the other character that she works side by side with is shown as being very motherly, very sweet, if not sinister, because they're both bad guys. But she is being shown very in a very masculine way. And that stereotype where it's like black women, like black people are strong brutes. Yeah. And she's sh shown being very brutish, very like overly athletic and like be able to pretty much rip a tree apart by hand and it's just like shown in this way that fills in a lot of tropes and characterize characterizations of black people and that that upset me and i, I saw this like it um like i was ready to put it down and it's like so i was like okay i want to see if i'm just being sensitive or if this is as big of an issue as i think it is so I looked, of course, you know, I looked up a bunch of things online about her character specifically, found this amazing article that kind of lays it out. It's like what the issues are with her character, lays out like where this kind of idea of a character comes from in Japan, because as we all know, Japan doesn't have the same diversity and like same experience of African-American people and characters as we do. So where does this even come from? And like it laid it out very nicely. But the comments that I kept seeing and the little bits and articles that I kept seeing pop up was this very specific phrase. And it is, it is the artist's right in their works whether or not they want to include diversity. And then sometimes that phrase goes a little bit short, uh, longer to include and how they want to betray characters. Hmm. So that argument stuck out to me. Because, like, as in a way, an artist myself, especially with my show World Shops, like, I do hold that belief. So, yeah, I should be able to follow my own artistic view without being told where to fill in things. But also, we see harmful portrayals of minorities and diverse people in these things. So, and also, very limited diversity in media. So, does that phrase hold true? Is it up to the artist whether or not they want to include um minorities and diversity and how they portray the minorities and diversities that they end up including so i i guess now i kind of open the floor to you and also the audience to even think about this like what do you think about it do you think it is the artist's right in their works whether or not they want to include diversity whether or not they want to portray it and how they want to portray it i gotta do it a little aside first which is just okay. me being frustrated with my own you know it's it's me being frustrated at how, at the system and how it affects other people in the fact that generally, if, you, if you're a minority and you're asking, am I being too sensitive about this? It means that it's probably racist. And I wish that I didn't have to tell you that every single time because it's, I know it's a product of the system and how we're raised and being like, am I being too, because I do the same thing too. And we all do it is like, the, am I being too sensitive about this? And it's like, yes, 99% of the time or not, that not being sensitive, whatever, is that it's, yeah, you said that backwards. I said it backwards, <laughs> but it's that, it's that. If you're asking if I'm being too sensitive, sorry. If you're asking if I'm being too sensitive, it's no, you're not. It is racist or it is sexist or it is bigoted in some sense. And you should listen to your thoughts because they're there for a reason. And we're all asking that question because we have been conditioned to, to not actually protest against that. And I've just, I've, it, 
Go against your own mind, people. Oh, We've been conditioned. Re- really quick, I do want to fire back, and we'll add on and fire back at that as well. It's like, the thing is, I and a lot of people with my skin color, a lot of minorities who are of a darker skin tone, have dealt with this in a way. It's like we are usually in predominantly white spaces. So when a problem does arise with how we're treated, with whatever, everybody around us tells us it's in our heads because they've never experienced it in the same way. So you get a complex about it. It's like, well, oh, yeah, I that's being, what I was saying. I, like, because no one else, well, not no one else, but a lot of times others do not have that same experience. We all have that. Yeah, there's comp- that complex is building in our heads. It's yeah, there. I'm just saying that that's why I'm coming because like that's why I search these things because I do want to know. Is it just me? Because I want to know if other people who look like me feel the same way. Mm. Yeah. Because no, and- it is a fear that it's like, well, maybe I am just not, I don't have the thick skin to just take it. And I want to know if people who look like me, people who are African-American or whatever, do they feel the same way? Or is it just specifically me in a predominant, because I'm surrounded by white people thinking like, oh, everybody's out to get me at times. That, that that's why the question gets asked it, it's well, i'm you, not you questioning do... that i'm saying i'm i'm agreeing with I, that is that it's it's that it's I it's don't... frustrating to because we all do this and to recognize the fact that it's like we should just go with our guts because yeah. we're right but and i guess and that's the other side of it it's also wanting to be justified in feeling this way i want to like see that I'm justified in seeing and like being hurt by the portrayal of the character because like I brought it up like I sorry I looked at it online and first foremost was like Reddit post is like it's not racist and it's like okay but I could tell half the people who by what they said half the people who did respond saying it's not racist were white well yeah uh, yeah and I think more I was more I was commenting less on the fact of you going to find sources that's a good thing to support yourself because you should be supporting your opinions because you are fighting a system I was more saying that you shouldn't ever be dismissive of those like have the automatic response to that be oh no I'm just being too sensitive that's a problem don't dismiss it you should always question it yeah that's and I, I I guess because, you know, I am almost 30 now and having to deal with it in the same way, especially like, like I said, predominantly white areas and having things where I sat down with friends and I watched the movie and like, oh, that's racist. And then instantly fire back. Well, no, it's not because blank. I guess I still have to. um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I still still have to like justify it for myself. I still have to understand it as an issue for myself first. Yeah, it's because you you don't have a community. I like that's that's entirely what it is. It's that you don't have a community. I largely, when things like this happen, will turn to the women around me and be like, "This is what happened." I I'm right for thinking this, right? And they'll go, "Yes." And that's the thing is that's the importance of community is that I have that around me, and you don't have that around you, and that's unfortunate. And that's that's what I'm trying to like thing is that it yeah. I think I, I I wasn't questioning what you were saying. I was more I was more saying that we all need to be recognizing that you're it's that this is change the question from being am I too sensitive to putting is 
this is racist. I need someone to help me confirm that this is racist. Like, switch <laughs> yeah, the question. Yeah. I mean, that's like, like that's I said, what that's I'm saying. Like, and, and like, is anybody else seeing because like this same, straight up, like just yeah. straight up black, like black, black caricature on this? Like, is anybody else seeing that? Just respe- respect your mind. That's what I'm saying is respect your mind, your mind that it's not about you. It's not, am I being too sensitive? It's, this is racist. I need someone to help me confirm that this is racist. Like, change it how it's worded in your mind. Respect your mind is what I was saying. Under it's And I think for, on the other side, for the people who aren't of that minority group or whatever, it's understanding that there are things that hurt people. And it might not be just a blatant saying the N-word that, like, that can come off as racist. And it's... To find that understanding and, like, not just fire back at your friends, like, oh, yeah, it's not racist, you're being sensitive, maybe it's like, okay, well, like, help me understand, like, what 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 am I missing here? It's like, and how can I understand this so that I can, like, come to bat for you in other situations, I guess. What haven't I experienced that you clearly have that I'm missing right now? Yeah. And it's like, and it's a conversation. It's like, okay, so it's like, you think this racist, so, like, what? where what, what am i missing because I, I don't see it as that what what is this oh it's because it's drawn like a minstrel character blah 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 it's like okay i didn't know that before yeah this is an issue hmm. so back to the actual topic on it yep. <laughs> so um with the questions like what do you think about it it's like do you think it is the artist right in their works in their specific works whether or not they want to include diversity and how they want to portray. I feel like my immediate response dives way too deep into it, but it is that oh. great. You're allowed if you're if it's the artist's right, then that's the artist's right to be called racist because your portrayals might be racist. It, yeah, that's my immediate response. Is that you want to you want to be given the right to do this? Great. You also have the right. To be told that your viewpoint is racist or sexist because that's what's gonna happen. Because yeah. Well, I I think like by that um standpoint, I think that it kind of falls into the same thing that we were saying about freedom of speech. It's like yeah, you have the freedom and the right to express what you want in your works, but also know that it's not freedom of consequence. You can write some like straight up Nazi stuff that I'm going to be like, no, you're a Nazi. And from that, <laughs> as a result, people may stop reading your works or tell you that you should stop writing them. And people may take away your book contracts or not let you publish with them again. And they're completely legitimate to do so out of their own rights. So yeah, that's my opinion on that shit. And it gets further into it is, but it's just, I don't know if I should go all the way in yet. Go, let's go. Yeah, well, it's that it's about bias. Like you're coming from your own personal bias. You're writing characters, you're writing a story from your own perspective, built from your own mind. What is your mind built on? What experience have you had? What is your, what have you done in your life? How do you view people? You may view people with inherent biases that are racist or sexist, and thus you will be seen as racist or sexist, and that is your consequences to accept. And you have to accept the fact that that might mean that people won't read your work or call you racist or sexist. (laughs) And then you have to deal with that fact. 
And that may mean that, yeah, you should change what you're doing. Because if the question then becomes, do you not want to be seen as racist or sexist? Because that's a different question. If you don't want to be seen as racist or sexist, then yeah, you got to talk to other people, write more complex stories, include diversity into your thing, because it's a part of life. This is what I, yeah, it's just a part of who we are. You can't diverse, you can't divorce it. So, okay, so so a couple, couple of things in my thoughts on it was, I, I, I think truly in thinking about it, yeah, you know what? I write for a world shop and I'm, I'm, I'm writing a story um, right now that is just so um, the main character is black. His family's black. Um, the um, his partner in it is well, sorry, like work partner in it is non-binary. Their boss is an albino. And but yeah, so I went and I made this story that is like very very diverse and that's what i want to do and it was my vision to make it diverse and fill these character roles and in that like i honestly i thought about this the other day i kind of feel bad not really but like the only like white characters white male characters in it are um the villains so so like yeah but it's um it is my entire right to write the story, to fill in, to make a black character. It was my right to do that. And if someone came in and was like, hey, how about you don't and don't make your characters this and, like, you know, add a couple more white people in it. And it was like, we need to, like, you know, target, like, if I was making this a TV show, like, we need to target it to a whiter audience. So we're going to need, like, a, a, to change your character from black to white. Then I would be like, well, no, it's my right. I wrote this story. It was my right to create the diversity in it. And I'm not going to change my vision. Hmm. So, and I, I kind of see it on this stage. Like there are some stories that have been coming out that are like more intimate. Like let's take marriage story, for example, that was um, specifically about this guy and his uh, like, and the divorce that they go through. And so it was a white family. And I do think that, yeah, it was the art, like it was comes from a personal place. So sure, the artist's right to create the story based on the characters and like what he saw when he went through this stuff. So that I think fine. But what I also think, and I kind of wrote this in the notes a little bit later, is that while it is the artist's right to fulfill their own story, I think then it falls the true falling is on the studios yeah and yeah. whoever's purchasing these things for mainstream mm -hmm. viewing it is yeah. on them to select things for diversity because and and there are works where they do have changed characters to be played by white actors rather than having them played by the original race that they were written on so i think that yeah. while the artist holds the right, I think where the change should come from is who the people who are pushing these stories first, the people who are hiring the writers. And like we keep going back to that, to hiring the writers to write stories like that. It goes on that emphasis. Like, yeah, maybe we have hundreds of white Marvel um, superheroes. Why don't we like Marvel has a ton of superheroes. Why don't we look at a couple of the black heroes? Or yeah. why don't we do a couple of the um, non-white heroes? So I think it, 
that if that phrase holds true, and I think I do think artistic freedom for the artist holds true. If that holds true, then it should be on who is pushing this media forward. Yeah, because yeah, you because you're right. Because what the problem is is that we've seen. <laughs> Sorry to marriage story, but we've seen the collapse of a white person's marriage 50 bazillion times in movies. Like, it's not entirely unique as a story. There are unique things about it. I haven't seen the movie. I'm not going to claim anything about its own uniqueness. But you have to admit that white people like to watch movies about marriages falling apart. On its most basic level is a story that's been told before. Why did they decide to purchase this story over the many other stories that haven't been told in other diverse communities? And that's the decision that has to be made is that if, even if it's most it's unique, there are other stories that have been told. And this is the story that gets told over and over and over and over again. <sighs> it's the same with like my frustrations with like La La Land. And I'm like, I don't want to watch about a struggling actress anymore, a struggling singer. I want to watch, I want to get out of that industry and like learn about other people doing other things, which they've started to do that. And it's like, uh, yeah, I remember walking out of the theater with my friend and she's just like, I didn't really want another movie <laughs> about the struggling people struggling to get into the entertainment industry. It's that same feeling of like, we should be changing it at the at the industry level of what are you buying? What are we purchasing for story-wise? Which stories are we telling? Yeah, There are so many more interesting ones. Yeah, so on that, like, even like marriage story, you're saying it's like, and I, I don't mean this phrase to, like, sound dismissive or hurtful to anybody, but, like, artists are a dime a dozen. There's, like, thousands, if not millions of artists and not millions of stories that are being created and released every day. So why is it that we are seeing kind of the same stock standard stories released? We see, like, you know, marriages falling apart story over and over again. And that, I think, is due to it being a market like on a marketing side i think it is <sighs> like oh we want the stories that sell and so they buy those stories and we think that white people are the like largest part of the market so we're going to cater to the white people by selecting the white stories Ugh. but that's that's just, how it goes <laughs> it goes even to here's a nerdy example for you which i can tell you this is a conversation i had with multiple archaeologists who play video games when this first came out the idea that the next assassin's creed was a creed creed huh been listening to too much critical role um the next assassin's creed is gonna be uh or was valhalla and the rest and all of us archaeologists who a lot of archaeologists like assassin's creed as you could probably guess from the history aspect of it went wow the overdone white white western civilization you know that didn't actually have assassins wow super super original so exciting versus what we all wanted and hoped for was to go further east in history to do like can you imagine if they did a if they did a game on the silk roads like in like uzbekistan and uh Bakara and San Marcan. Oh my God. The the possibilities of going East and looking at like Central Asia and the Near East and those types of civilizations where one, you have 
less that people know so you can do more with his stories and two have some of the most beautiful locations ever and just like interesting intrigue that's all over way more than just marco fucking polo which is all everybody ever seems to know you have the entirety of that history which is so interesting and they chose fucking white goddamn warrior people again (laughs) it's that same feeling of like really yeah. Really, you have a game about assassins, and you, and you chose the white people again. So, so I guess what we're kind of hitting at is on the mainstream side of it, it is more of the issue not being with the artist, but being with the, I guess, the producers. Is that who would it be? The producers, exec- the executives. It's not the artist, but the executives. But I guess on the more indie side, and like manga isn't necessarily indie but like because there are like studios that push that like we saw promised neverland because it got bought by a magazine and the magazine pushed that through and that became popular so on that standpoint i i am kind of falling in with like in truth yeah it is up to the artist and it's the artist right in their own work and what they want to create to hold the power but I think it kind of falls back on what you were saying is like you can hold the power but yeah. still be a racist and still get called out for being a racist. And you gotta accept that motherfucking fact late straight on you. You gotta have you're you're getting a tattooed across your head. You're a racist. I just it's just that that's the thing is that I think that if you were an artist being like, well, it's my ability, and I'm like, great. Where did you grow up? What was your context? How do you see these people? That impacts how you write. Like they've they've shown from like like I distinctly remember because I'm a Terry Pratchett fan that Terry Pratchett like I think almost every single one of his main characters is a single is a um an only child because he was an only child like you get shit like that that is <laughs> one small sample of how your own life experiences impact what you create yeah and I mean most of my characters are mid middle-class like african-american characters who have like a like interesting family dynamic like you write from your own experience a lot of the times and i don't think that anybody has the right to tell you not to do that Mm. yeah but you also have to recognize that your own experiences comes with caveats that you don't know everything yeah yeah that your own experience isn't the only experience yeah, I would ne- like I could never myself try and write a story about a black woman's experience. Yeah. I would never be able to do it justice and to be able to communicate it properly. Like I I just couldn't attempt that. That wouldn't be something I could do because I don't experience that in my day-to-day life. So but but if you did write a story about a black woman mm-hmm. and their day like I think that you are Capable of writing a story. Do I think that that's okay? Maybe not. No. no. I do I would, do? Would I, I be would... like, wow, I'm so excited for Leah's Black Woman book. I would probably be like, hey, buddy, um, like, maybe yeah, no. like write about something like, you know, something different. I could but write it something is your right to do that. It's my right to do that. I could ri- I would be willing to write certain stories in conjunction with other people. That's how people do yeah. research, too. Yeah. You want to you wanna talk about certain people's? Great. Get people who like are part of that culture to be a part of your research. That's get collaborators. That's why we collab people. Collaborators are great. Collaboration. But 
but also like recognize the fact that they're collaborators and they're not just they're not just people who've helped you and get it put in your acknowledgments. So so I, I I guess my my thing that I kept seeing from this whole topic is seeing this argument. And I and I think that the issue and the disagreements that I have and I think that we're both understanding here is that this argument was used as a defensive place to dismiss other people's feelings like well it's the right of the artist to like not have diversity in it so you can't complain when it doesn't have diversity or well he decided to portray a black woman in this way it's his right it was for his vision it fit into his story it like it had its reasonings he wrote it so therefore you can't complain because you can't tell the artist how to write his story so i think that's where we kind of lie in these issues it's like while in the cloud, in the, the world, that this statement is true. It is the artist's right to write their work. But it shouldn't be used to say that it's the artist's right to write their work and you can't get mad at it. Yeah, especially, like, there are contexts when you're reading stories that they tell certain, they show certain things and certain perspectives to teach you something. The goal <laughs> is by looking at, drill, drill, drilling down into these racist or sexist things, you are enlightening people who won't have these perspectives to see what's happening. Most of the times this is brought up, though, that's not the case. It's in comedies. It's in shit that's not meant to be informative like that. It's in shit where it's meant to be background set things and thus reinforces the fact that that's how you're supposed to see black people. That's how you're supposed to see women as fucking mannequins on someone's arm. You're being reinforced you're creating that system in your head. Like we talked about that at the beginning, how we're all being like, am I too sensitive? You're creating that system to keep yourself in place. It's the man. It's the fucking patriarchy getting you. It's trying to control your brain. I'm sorry. I just had, it felt like that's what I was doing. And I just had to go there for a second. <laughs> it's one of those moments where like you, you did that like little last bit. And it was like, just silence. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought it was funny. It wasn't funny. I'm sorry, but, but it's no, no, it's fine. What I it's sound like, like. It's, it's like one of those things. Like you have a joke and like in your head, and then like you're going on it, and then you realize that it's not connecting <laughs> with anybody in the room, and you're just like, nope. oh. You know, it would have been funny if you could actually see me because I was gesturing like a crazy yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, I could you know, in, in front of the, the, like, it's always sunny with the lines and the blackboard. Yeah, yeah pointing at the board. It's a man. That's, <laughs> it's what it I sound silly. like sometimes when I talk about the patriarchy. I'm like, I know I sound crazy, but this is what they do to make us sound crazy. Well, and, and I think that because it's, it's this argument that's used again and again where it's like oh yeah well the artist it's the right to do this so you shouldn't have a complaint about it because it is everybody's right to write their stories while we may be continuing to only push one side of stories and push other stories down it's their right to keep doing that and it's like so we're not allowed to complain because it's something that's been happening for forever. So it's not going to change. So don't worry about it. It's like that. It's that kind of thing that like every time I look into things like that, it's like, a don't worry about it. It's always been this way. Why are you complaining about it now? It's just like, oh, well, it's up to the artist. It's like, so why are you complaining it? Because you're an artist too. So you write your stuff. So why would you, I wouldn't complain about your story. Why are you complaining about this? And I, I think it's these arguments used to crush other people's arguments that, fall into a line of truth because like i said 
I think, sure thing. No one's going to tell me how to write my podcast. No one's going to tell me how to write the stories for World Shop. No one's going to tell me how to come up with my ideas for side characters because I am the artist creating it. Yeah. But on the other hand, I can be very, very wrong. I could like show a white guy as being a slave owner for no reason and be like, ah, all white people are slave owners. It's a very loose example because yeah, but what? But like, I could show a bad portrayal of a person and be wrong. It's my, yeah. I guess, it's my right to make the art, but it's also my responsibility to yeah. claim that yeah. art and to understand that I could make something that's harmful for another person. Yeah, responsibility is an excellent word, and I feel like it's something that we should bring up more and that we often like we talk about, but we also like should just use it more often as a word because in these, in this, in these, I can't speak in this day and age, uh, you're putting shit onto the internet. So a lot of this starts on the internet and you're responsible for the fact of who's looking at it, who's consuming it, who's seeing it because you're having an impact on someone else. So if you're doing it in a free medium, then yeah, it's your right, but you also need to recognize the fact that you're you have a responsibility to understand who is taking it in. Are children able to see this? Are they going to be able to understand the perspectives that you have? You need to you need to make sure that you're being aware of what's happening to your media. If you're putting it out there and it's getting, yeah, I think that's, yeah, responsibility is important. It's one of those things is like when artists, well, sorry, when people say things like, oh, yeah, it's like I read this thing and it hurt me. I, I, there, there's a side of it where it should be it's like you don't necessarily have to issue an apology, but to understand that you hurt someone and then take responsibility, especially for someone who continually produces something to take the responsibility to take a look at your own art and see like how is this hurting people and what can i do to change it and i think that yeah. that that's the responsibility side of it is it's like to, to realize that yeah you're the artist it's your dream your vision Cre go out and create your vision be free with that but also be willing to listen to others. If someone like came to me and said, Hey, the way you wrote your non-binary character, I did not like, it and it hurt me. And it's like, okay, well let's talk about this. What can I change? And what can I do moving forward to make this so that it does not hurt you? Mm -hmm. and I, I think it's that side, especially with indie art, it's that side where we need to have open minds all around and understand that some people are just going to come at you about your art just because they're assholes and be like, oh, well, I didn't like it because... Blah, 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 blah. But some people are going to come from a place like with me in Promise Neverland. It's like, I saw this black character and the way she was portrayed and it greatly upset me. And it was one of those things where I sat through and I was scrolling. I was like, is this how people see me and people like me? And I think it's my personal word is never going to get to the author, but I think that if it did, it would be up to the author to be like, yes, it's my art, but like, what can I do so that I am bringing in and include, like, I'm including the audience and I'm being inclusive through my words. Like, what can I do to make sure that the audience that I want is not hurt by what I write? And yeah, and thinking about the fact too that you were saying about like how 
people say, oh, it can't be racist because it's from Japan. The <laughs> fact of the matter is, is that you're right, that it's laid out of the fact that it's being influenced by Western perspectives on black culture. So they're seeing that, taking it in. So in reality, that's a <laughs> you're using faulty logic. Also, that people are seeing that result that we were talking about of being responsible. Great. The West has this huge racist depiction of black people and it's influencing other creators in other countries who don't have the opportunities to interact with black people on a regular basis. It sounds weird, but I, I don't know if this is the best characterization, but it's, 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 it's clearly impacting other cultures because there are other mangas that do this. And like, so yeah, responsibility. Take responsibility. So so that was actually something we talked about off air. But like I was, what I have been saying is that the other argument that I see a lot of times is like, well, it's um, Japan and they don't have black people around as much. And there's a lot of Japanese people who have never met a black person in their life. So like, it's like, and using that to like just like, like oh well it's not racist because they don't they don't know any better type of ideas like well they don't have black people so it's like they they just write the things that they've maybe seen before they just write this thing but then that kind of falls back into america's hands then at that point because a lot of the portrayals of african americans and a lot of the um representations that we that Jap japan gets of african american is from American American and Western media. So if you continually portray black people as minstrel characters and like showing them as sidekicks and showing them as being dumb or being brutes or whatever, if that if that is your constant portrayal, that's how other people are going to pick up on it. So it does, in that sense, fall back on America to be better in how we present our minorities because everybody is watching us is watching our media we put millions if not billions if not trillions of dollars into media every year we need to be better it is the artist's right to create these things but it is the responsibility of the studios to present views that aren't harmful to the image of other people and it is up to us as individuals to push for the proper representations of other minorities. It's up to us to be critical. And it shows like we're not just sitting down and watching these shows be like, yep, that's how black people are. So all of you in other countries who don't have the same experience, this is what black people are. It's up to us to be like, yeah, that's wrong. Screw that. We're going to raise a stink about it. That's what we can do while on the... There is like a helplessness in the situation because what can like it's always gonna like narrow down to what can a single voice do, but it is the responsibility to not just take things sitting down and to not just yeah. fall into these arguments. Oh well, it's the artist's right, so give up. No, no. You know what? I saw it was the artist's right. I didn't give up. I came on a podcast about it because it pissed me off. <laughs> As well, I think that we also have to address the other side, which is that. Japan doesn't get to fucking claim in ignorance. Yeah. And I'm making a grand generalization here, but this is a long-standing issue of the fact that this is people use this as an excuse to let them do things, particularly Westerners, particularly like I'm just picturing a fucking otaku in my head saying these things, a Western white otaku saying these things. 
And it's like, they don't get a fucking excuse. They have... <laughs> Portrayal, they also have women and gay people in Japan. And the perceptions of women and gay people in manga and anime is fucking atrocious. So using that as a line of evidence, it's already fucking bad. But in general, you can't fucking use ignorance as an excuse. <laughs> you haven't interacted with a black person? Great, go talk with one. Go interact with one. We have the internet these days. If you're consuming that media, you need to be educated. You don't get to fucking use ignorance as an excuse. Especially, we, I just it just pisses me off, especially because Japan has an incredibly rampant issue with sexism. And yeah. it's people don't know about the fact that it's fucking awful. So going off that, I do think it's very funny. It's like the especially in video like Japanese RPG video games and manga and stuff's like portrayal of women. And then you're going to tell these like, oh, well, it's because Japan doesn't have black people. That's why black people look bad at anime. It's like, well, Japan also doesn't have um, women who walk around dressed like that all the time. And also forces and questions why women are still working after they get married yeah. and has scandals yeah, I mean, about I was just going to leave the grades. one example, not the 50 million that are piled up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just going, because we don't have enough time to talk about all of the issues. But I think what, I guess my idea on this argument is, it, it this argument is... An excuse. It's an excuse to let people do what they want, to do harmful things. It's sitting back and being like, well, it's the artist right. I'm going to stop right there, and I'm done. The artist can do whatever he wants. He has all the power. Okay, yeah, but the artist can still be a piece of crap. And then and then the next argument is, well, then just don't watch it. Well, then just <laughs> don't was, watch it. It's like, well, then it's still getting produced. This is last week's episode. I just, uh, that was my funny thing is that it's like, hey, we went to the secondary argument, which is what we talked about last week, which is, well, if you don't like it, then just don't watch it, rather than trying to make a difference and calling out people for their bullshit. <sighs> well, and I mean, the episode that I want to get to eventually was like, yeah, dealing with these arguments is like, oh, you're being too nitpicky. Well, the thing is, like, well, well, if you don't like it, don't watch it. It's like, th that doesn't mean it's not problematic and not harmful. Like, if a show, like, if Promise Neverland did that and, like, call her the inward, and it's like, well, I didn't like it, I stopped watching it, but it's still really effed up. It's like, it doesn't stop yeah. it from being bad and stop it from, like, we need to stop pushing these things immediately. If I don't like it, doesn't mean it's not an issue. Yeah. <laughs> just it's, because, no, like, and also... When something is problematic, it's not just a singular person getting mad at the issue. It's something that's hurting, like, multiple, lots of people. So, therefore, we shouldn't just leave it. If a lot of people are upset by something, it's not a non-issue that can be, well, just don't watch it. Just solve by not watching, not caring. If you don't like it, then let's figure out a way that we can improve and change. We can't, their excuse, these arguments are used to make us shut up and sit down. I think we need to stop shutting up and stop sitting down and stand up and talk. It's meant to depower people who are minorities. It's the same thing that the idea of political correctness does and cancel culture sometimes gets called out for. It's that same idea that people use to try and delegitimize what people of minority voices are saying and put them back in their box and say shh, shh, continue to be quiet. We enjoy having supremacy over you. Fuck the patriarchy. Well, well it fun. is coming down to it's like you, 
kind of saying to me is like you shouldn't have a voice. The yeah, artist should have a voice, is. and this artist just happens to have these views. He's allowed to have a voice, but you shouldn't have a voice to disagree with it, is what it comes down to. You should not disagree with me. And it sucks hearing that. Like, but that that's what that's what it is. It's saying you should not disagree with me. If you don't like it, you shouldn't disagree with me. Go somewhere else. I don't want to hear you disagree. I want to go about having my own supremacy in this area because it doesn't affect me. Because I am the majority and these things are pushed by the studio to the majority because they want to sell. They want to make the biggest profit. They want to sell a product. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to them if it is problematic, if it's hurtful. They are selling a product. And thankfully, currently, thankfully, at least in the U.S., there's a trend towards the fact that many that being diverse is popular which means that companies are trying to at least seem like they're being diverse. And so it's popular for them. It's, but I'm a little worried so often that it will be, if this doesn't hold true, which is like looking at the fact that the U.S. decided after Trump that racism was okay again, uh, that things like that can happen. So we just got to keep pushing and showing them that monetarily, market-wise, this will continue to make them money. Because we live in a capitalist system. Just really quick, I know this is slightly off topic, but I think like along that line, it's like, okay, well, the new popular thing is diversity in media. But I don't think that like America did that, oh, well, racism is okay again. I think it's the new trend is that racism is popular. And now that it's popular, it's being seen more. And now people are being more okay with it. So therefore racism is cool now because it's the, like, I think it's a trend line. Like racism was always there, but now it's trending upwards. Oh, it was always there. Yeah. I think, I think that's what I'm just, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying this like, I'm thinking, oh yeah, no, it's just, it was always there. And now the trend line is up because we got racism back in the mainstream. We got diversity in the mainstream. So now it's trending upward because people who are diverse are latching on. People who are racist are latching on to that mainstream form of racism. So now racism is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sorry. It's, it's just it's, interesting to look at trends and actually see racism as a trend. <laughs> yeah, no, that's entirely what it is. We removed the social norm that basically had people going that's bad to say those things out loud, and we remove that inhibition via the internet, and thus once you remove that inhibition of you're not allowed to say that because other people are telling you that you're not allowed to say it, similar to how we have that you're not allowed to murder the person next to you because you'll go to jail for that, oh. that type of same inhibition, it's the same social norms in place that keep you from doing things, we removed those, and thus that is how you get these things coming back up again, because people think that no one's going to call them out for doing that for saying those things which frequently they don't so yeah anyways so i guess i don't know if we necessarily said like said this specifically i think we're both on the side of artistic freedom but with the caveat is like you can still be a dumbass and be an artist um you can still be a racist you can be a giant fucking bigot and be an artist yeah and so like i i don't think at the very core of it there is an argument against artistic freedom because i think silencing people is always going to end badly but again we need to understand that artistic freedom isn't an excuse to be a racist or isn't an excuse Mm -hmm. to show a negative portrayal or isn't an excuse to 
continually push forward only white media. Mm. Yeah. So I, 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 think, I think we hammered it out pretty well. I, I think... I think we did a good job. We're going to end with a quick little fuck the patriarchy. Oh, no. <laughs> as usual, because I'm feeling that pretty strong and I sound like a crazy person today. So, yeah. Just, you know, some days I just feel like I'm extra like, when did I become this socialist, feminist, awesome person? As I was, I was about crazy. to fight you because like the way you said it's like, well, first of all, being a feminist isn't a or a socialist isn't a bad thing. I want I know for the I know, audience, to, not, I, not to you, like because I know you know, but like to the audience, like I know that we have these like like key like I guess dog whistle words that like everybody like jumps on. It's like, oh well, she's a feminist and that makes her a horrible person. No, no, no. Being a feminist, caring about women's rights, being a socialist, and all that. That's not a bad thing. Me being against racism, it was like, oh well, he, oh, he's a social justice warrior. He's like, no, 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 it's not a bad thing to care about social justice. Absolutely not. It's not a bad thing. It's just that they've done a the government. God, the government. The government and mainstream media has done a pretty, pretty good job of making us seem like when you talk about these things to undermine you. You sound like a crazy person. You sound like a conspiracy theorist. And that's why it's funny to me. Because some days I'm like, wow, I sound extra like a conspiracy theorist. I know I'm not. You aren't a conspiracy theorist. But it's what you end up sounding like. Because that's how they delegitimize your voice, people. Anyways. Okay. Well, yeah. It, it Yeah. I think, especially with this topic, we can kind of straight up say it. That's how they delegitimize you. Is by making you seem like you have an extreme like you're you're an extremist rather than you just are talking about simple rights like they, they, they make it seem like oh by caring about what women's rights you're a feminist and you're extreme it's like no 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 you just oh, want God. like the norm and and I, and I think that's the issue is using these arguments as like trying to make us in these comments seem like they're the extreme but really getting upset about a portrayal in a manga, in an anime, in a TV show, in a movie, in whatever media you watch, that is an extreme. That's a natural reaction. If you are the person who is being offended, it's okay to be offended. And the North American perspective of being offended by things and being able to call out shit is not extended everywhere. Yes. we Americans are lucky to have that. And it's a useful trait that you should use wherever you live to be able to call out shit because having moved to multiple different countries, one of the things I miss most about North America, Canada, and the U.S. is the fact that if I go into it, if something sexist happens to me, I go into a room with people in it and I say, this happened to me. Some Someone followed me from a station to my house. Yeah. Everyone in that room will be, that's bullshit. That shouldn't happen doesn't happen in every country you live in had that experience where i walked into a room and person went well that's just what happens and that's never what you want so the fact that you have people who everywhere are willing to support you in north america use that and keep that in mind and use that to make change which is what you should do so you got the support yeah i 100 agree so I, I think this is a good spot to wrap up the episode this is one of our short ones again but i i really enjoyed talking about this especially like after 
the the week I have with media was just like, oh, well, you're wrong because artists are free. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess you're, you're right. Artists are free to do whatever you want. But that I, I think that really did help hearing you say that. It's like, oh, yeah, you're free to do whatever, but you also still can be called out for it. <laughs> so anyways, we're going to close out with our usual of what have we been doing recently? Mm. You want to start, Leo? Probably. Oh, we will. Yeah, you should probably go first because it's related. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So mine, it's like I said, doing the deep dive through anime and just becoming sheer, just the anime guy now, which is really sad. I got the other books and comics I need to read, so I need to get out of it. But like, like yeah. I said, this is the thing that I've been doing. Was the thing that this topic was about was Promise Neverland, which is a Japanese manga about um. So it's these kids in an orphanage in this like um almost fantasy world and they and they like are all happy in this orphanage until they find out the twist is that their um twist is that it's not just a happy family, happy orphanage. It's actually that they are being raised as food for demons on the other side of the um wall of their orphanage so they had to figure out how to escape and how to survive in this demon world that they find themselves in so it's, it's very interesting but it does i will say for the people who are getting into it especially if you are african-american just be warned that there is a kind of triggering portrayal of a black woman in it so i know it immediately upset me in every like they like a lot of distorted faces and just a lot of very like almost blackface looking um caricatures of this woman so but the story itself is very good and very interesting and it keeps you on your toes for like at least up to the part i'm on so i i will say it's a good read but just be warned that it does have that yeah. triggering portrayal in it and that's what this whole entire episode was about so <laughs> yeah well, mine is more on the, like, hey, here's something good to recommend you guys section of, like, things. I drunkenly bought Baldur's Gate 3 last week. I didn't know I you drunk. Oh, the- yeah, you did. You texted I did me tell that, you too. This. I forgot about that. I, I came home from the pub and was like, huh, I'm going to go on Steam. Bad idea. Card saved. That's an issue. Bought Baldur's Gate 3. Um, and... It so far, I'm only a cut like I'm not like hugely into the story, but it so far is real great. Oh, for real, like my guys, it's basic. So Baldur's Gate is uh, it's the third one, but you don't need to have played the other ones. Um, and it's a like implementation of Dungeons and Dragons Five E as a game basically, which is funny because if you saw our stream this weekend, Jordan described what he thought would be the perfect game and then was immediately told by everyone, that's what this game is. I, I uh. thought that was hilarious because I'm like, yeah, it's like, I just really want a D&D game where like every attack you do, you sh- it sh- comes up with the dice roll and like it actually adds your stuff and like your stats are based on it. And then Leah kind of stuff's like, Okay, and then like I saw in the comments where it's just like Jordan, you are literally describing this game, and I was like, oh, am and I? then and then the and then I did an Arcana check and rolled for it, and he was like, oh my yeah, god, it's amazing! <laughs> like it is a hundred percent just D and D, but as a video game, and I think yeah. that's really fly. It's really great. It's really great. It's still an open access, but 
it's total. I think it's totally worth it for the open access. Currently, they only have about half the classes you can possibly do. They just added Druid, and it's fantastic because you can turn into a fucking polar bear. Uh, sorry, I know it's your topic again. I don't mean to interrupt. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I think okay. it's funny that when you did Wild Shape, that you went to the menu and you showed all the like character like views of like you know it's like <laughs> yeah. elf whatever, and then it just showed a just a bear ready for attack. And I thought that was yeah. it's such it's it so, so cool so far. I just like watching it. It's really yeah. cool. It's it's really good game so far. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I also think that it's very much embracing the like Wizards of the Coast D and D change that has come about in the recent months, which is like that like we saw with tasha's cauldron of everything and i actually saw i don't know if i mentioned this with candlekeep mysteries which i purchased as well um that there's like they're just trying to be way more inclusive and shit like that it's pretty great on that front small thing that i've noticed from the beginning i haven't gotten all the way through the game as i've said but even in the character creator so in the character creator you have a bunch of different races that you can be the humans the default the default humans that pop up when you go to them are black, which is wonderful because 99% of the time, actually, I think like 100% of the times in games I've seen before this, the default's white. Always. The default human is white. Yeah. Yes. It's always and a white dude or white girl. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just like a small, like it's a small thing, but it's like slightly refreshing to see that the default for human was not white. Um, and... So far, really fucking enjoying the game. Characters are interesting. You can romance all of them. They're all pansexual, bisexual. Um, and yeah, so far it's been pretty fun. Yeah. It's a good game. Highly recommend. It's an open access, so I know a lot of people are going to wait, but I'm, I'm going to play it. I'm probably going to play it all the times so it comes out. Like, I, I, I'll play it now. I'll play it then. Yeah. Great game. Yeah, no. I... Again, this might be like I say this every time you come to me with a game like this. This might just be something that I watch you play from time to time because, you know, you know the style of game that I like and it's not that at all, but I do think it's it's really cool, especially cuz it is just straight up like D&D but done as a game. And I another comment I wanted to make and something I always say is like the options for um skin color and stuff for video games like it's getting better but the one thing that I've been appreciating about this a little a little tiny bit about cyberpunk but still screw cyberpunk but like the the hair options the hair options are yeah. always something that like it, it, it's interesting to me that it's, it's getting better because I remember like old character creator in games the only hair options for like black male would be um buzzed or like ridiculous afro not even like a medium sized fro or like what i got going on it's either buzz or it's like giant like just springy fro that you see in like the um 70s black exploitation movies like so to see there be more hair options for african american characters recently it's very heartening. Yeah. Like it be like it like it's the tiny things that happen Even in media that just puts a smile on my face because it's like I was so upset playing Guitar Hero World Tour and it was like Buzz or it was Giant Afro. Which I'm saying, even for like Baldur's Gate that only currently at this point has like thirty hairstyles. They have multiple. Yeah, it's they have multiple. It like I said, very heartening and it it does it makes me smile to see that more and more is it's getting better 
it's always it getting better. Also, I happen to say Jordan gave me the best compliment yesterday when we were playing oh, no. Baldur's Gate, where he said that he appreciated how good I was at menu management, and I was <laughs> like, "Thank you for recognizing that I'm good at this." Like, well, yeah, because this, this is my style of game. If you watch our um, Dragon Age streams, you know how much like I dislike menu management and to see that leah could do it so quickly and so smoothly without like any hesitation is just very it's it's nice because i hate (laughs) menu management in video games i hate it no i I always thought i was good at it and it really made me happy that you were like wow you actually are really good at that and i'm like thank you you're like quick about it you're like you know exactly what you're looking for and like i i think it's it's really good it's real good yeah but yeah, All so right. that's our little um, after talk after the heavy topic. That's our um, so yeah. What have we actually enjoyed in our lives? <laughs> also, just look at the character creator, like the images for the character creator for Baldur's Gate Three, because they're it's very gorgeous. It's, it's there very are blue. some gorgeous characters. Yeah, no, I I, I think it's good. So, anyways, thank you guys for listening. That's all I got on my plate. Um, Lee, you got any more comments? Nah. (laughs) Alright, sounds good. So thank you all for listening, and we will catch you later. So, bye! Bye!